0: Good morning and welcome to Church on the Trail. We are so happy y'all decided to join us this morning. We have a few quick announcements, so stay tuned. The 412 Student Ministry will be having their New Year's Eve party on December 31st from 6 to 10 p.m. This will be a movie slash pajama party. If you have any other questions concerning this event, you can contact me. My info will be right here below, and we hope to see you there. We are looking forward to our next midweek gathering happening January 15th right here at the church. Come and join us for an awesome time of fellowship and community. Dinner will be at 6 p.m. and you can visit our website or the Connections Desk to register for the meal. We hope to see you there and bring a friend. We have something very exciting coming up for all of our volunteers. On January 11th at 7 p.m. we are having a red carpet night to honor all of the hard work y'all have done in 2019. This event is open to everyone whether you are a volunteer or interested in becoming a volunteer. We would love to have you there. To pull out your best suit and your most elegant dress, and we hope to see you there. Our men's and women's ministries will be starting back up on January 9th at 6 p.m. We would love for you to join us as we grow closer to God together. If you need any more information about these ministries, you can contact Richard Moore or Whitney Veneziani. Once again, we're so happy you decided to join us this morning at Church on the Trail. If you missed any of those announcements or have any more questions, you can pick up a calendar, check out the black wall or our Connections desk. We hope you enjoy the message.
1: Thank you, Whitney. Uh, this is going to be an exciting year in women's and and men 's ministries here at church on the trail and uh, welcome everybody. Thank you for being here. Happy new, year. Happy new year All right if you're anything like me and my wife you'll spend uh, you'll ring in the new year by dozing off before ten o'clock. Anybody no <laughs> pretty boring people, but you know we made peace with it that's the way we roll we're in this uh weird kind of in-between moment, you know, the the crush, for most of us, the crush of Christmas is over. New Year's not quite here yet, and uh, it's kind of that in-between time, and so everywhere you turn, people are doing retrospectives, year in review, and so you're probably wondering, are we going to have the classic look back at 2019, look ahead, you know, that cheesy thing, look back, look ahead. Well, of course we are. That's exactly... (laughs) What we're here to do. I love uh, all, everything about this this weird time of year because I, I enjoy kind of looking back and saying, "No way! I forgot that even happened in the last 12 months." Thank you, Blakely. That's my granddaughter, and she's awesome. And uh, so, but um, I, I I like my wife posted something on Facebook the other day. You know, we steal clever, witty things and post them on Facebook so that people think we're clever and witty. And uh, she posted that, that this is that time between the holidays where you don't know what day it is, you don't know who you are or what you're supposed to be doing. Can anybody relate to that? Um, we're just, but it's not just treading water, not just killing time, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But I do need to share with you my favorite uh, funny New Year's meme, okay? And this has been a really, 2019 was a strong meme year, was it not? With the lady yelling and the cat and... <laughs> And Baby Yoda and all that, you know, so don't have anything like that for you here this morning. But I saw something on Facebook, and it, to me, this just owns me. Two goals, you may have seen this, two goals for 2020. Number one, get back, to the, uh, get back to the lean, athletic body that I had before the accident. And number two, stop calling getting fat and out of shape the accident. All right? So, I, I just think that is so good. Oh, my goodness. All right. So, um, but anyway, so what I wanted to share with you is something cool that kind of came across my mind and my heart during the month of December. As it gets close to the end of the year, I, I get kind of sentimental, and I get all nostalgic, and I think back to what's been going on lately, and I, I like to look ahead to what's coming, and I came across this verse This passage in the book of Psalms that we'll look at here in just a moment and I found it to be something like it like struck a chord in my heart because it felt like a good statement about the amazing things that the Lord has done in my life and the stuff that he's helped me get through the things that weren't that amazing you know the hard stuff and also it was a bit of a declaration about how I want to move forward into 2020 and so I want to read this verse to you. It's found in, and by the way, if you got one of those uh, handouts when you came in, uh, it had, that's where you can take notes on all the really amazing things I'm about to say. Don't want you to miss anything. You've got to pay attention anytime I'm talking because I could say something brilliant at any moment. <laughs> but you kind of got to wade through a lot of corny jokes to get there, but it's worth it. Is it not? Somebody? Yeah. Anybody? Thank so- you. Thank you for making me feel better. But anyway, so follow along in the, obviously stuff will be on the screen, but also follow along in the uh, handout that you received, and maybe that'll be helpful to you. And this passage is in Psalm chapter 26, verse 6 and 7. It says, Blessed be the Lord. And see if you can relate to this about the things God's done in your life, the things he helped you get through in recent months. Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the voice of my pleas or my cries for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exults or my heart celebrates and with my song I will give thanks to him. Can anybody relate to having gotten through some stuff in 2019 that you wondered if you could make it through? Can you can you relate to I don't know some some of you look back on 2019 fondly, and you think it's awesome or was awesome. There are others of us that want to get 2019 in our rearview mirror just as fast as we can. Most of us are a strange mix of both. But can you relate to saying Wow, God has been faithful to me. God got me through. He heard my cries for mercy. Most of us probably wouldn't even be sitting here had God not heard our cries for mercy. But then there's that statement that says, In Him my heart trusts. Or it, To me, it almost read like a declaration, almost like a challenge. Richard, will you trust God? Will your heart trust in God with whatever is ahead in, in the year to come? Will your heart trust in God? And interestingly... Early in December, when I came across this passage, I also came across a YouTube video that we'll watch here in just a minute, a little 30-second video. I am a fan of the great American sport of football. Can I get an amen? All right. Yeah. There you go. And and those of you from Oklahoma or Ohio, our hearts are with you. Thoughts and prayers. But... um, it, here's the thing. I, I also follow NFL football. And uh, some of you could care less about that because this is the South, and I, I, I know what's really most important. But the point is is that there's some really interesting stuff going on in the NFL this year. And one of the things that's taking place is that this one guy, this one quarterback for a team called the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Just for, in the interest of equal time the Millers love the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I spoke to them before the service to just prepare their hearts because that's a real rivalry thing. And, uh, but the quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens is named Lamar Jackson. You college football fans will remember him from a few years ago, played at Louisville, and won the Heisman Trophy. So Lamar Jackson is now the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens, and he is going off. He's going to win what is called the MVP award or the Most Valuable Player award for the entire NFL. He's been that good. It's been amazing. And so uh, folks in Baltimore are are living in high, walking in high cotton. So uh, a few weeks ago, or as a month or so ago, uh, in a post-game press conference, one of the players for the Baltimore Ravens, a running back named Mark Ingram, Bama fans, he's one of your boys, Mark Ingram, who also won a Heisman Trophy, uh, he, he is a good friend of Lamar Jackson, of course a teammate, and so they were having a press conference after a game. Baltimore won a big game. Mark Ingram is talking. He answers the questions about his performance, and then it falls to him to introduce his quarterback, Lamar Jackson. And he takes a moment, and he talks about how, much he th- how highly he thinks of Lamar Jackson. He does it in kind of a silly, goofy way, but we're now going to watch... Mark Ingram introducing Lamar Jackson. You guys ready? All right. Play the video. Now I would just like to introduce y'all to the man, the myth, the legend, the MVP frontrunner. If anybody else got to say something different about that, then come see me. I'm right here in Be more outside the bank. If you got an issue with that, come see me. I'm about that. Big trust. Woo-woo. Lamar Jackson in the flesh.
0: Yes, sir. Big trust. New era
1: apparel. All right. So, so on two occasions in this video, Mark Ingram calls Lamar Jackson or lets let lets the world know his nickname for Lamar Jackson. He calls him Big Trust. Now this means 21. That's Mark Ingram's uh jersey number. I'm not flashing a gang sign. I, it's already lame enough for me to say, big trust, like, like Mark Marking or try. But he calls him big trust, all right? And I love that video for many reasons. I love to see, you know, it's just really precious to see millionaires, you know, having fun. Um, but really, to see a, a, a football team having fun is awesome, especially for a Cowboys fan who can't remember what, what that's like. But... I like that he calls him Big Trust. And he starts flashing his 21 sign, which now for the Ravens, is, is the, it's a W. That, that means let's get a lot of wins. And it's ironic that I'm using Lamar Jackson as a sermon title today. And uh, they've already clinched their playoff spot and home field throughout the, va- the, the whole playoff. So you know what? Lamar Jackson's not even playing today. Oh, how lame is that? But let's just pretend... That he's going to win the MVP. Big trust. I love it. I I just, I found myself after after this press conference for a week around my friends at work. I would just be sitting at my desk and every once in a while I would go, big trust. (laughs) I just love that phrase, big trust. And then I come across this passage that we read a second ago from Psalm 28. And it says, in him, in God, my heart trusts. And so now, big trust is not a, uh, a cute phrase in the Baltimore Ravens locker room. It's an act of worship for me. Big trust. God gets the W. I want 2020 to be a year of big trust. Are you with me? You want, to be a, you want 2020 to be a big trust year? Yeah. Can you, believe, could you go with me on that? Yes. Big trust. That's what I want it to be about. I'm about that, like Mark Ingram says. I love it when he says, come see me. Come see me. You, ain't, you don't think he's the MVP? Come see me. Now, I do want to just circle back to reality for just a moment, and then we'll get back to the sermon. And this is really for the Miller's benefit, but I just want, or anybody who's listening who's a, a Ravens hater or a Steelers fan, we all know what's going to happen, all right? They've had a great year. But there's going to be a defensive coordinator that figures this guy out, and he's going to come back down to earth, and his Steelers are going to stay good. Okay, we know that. Thank you to the Millers' thoughts and prayers. Okay? (laughs) But I want 2020 in my heart, I want my life, I want my rhythm with God to be big trust. I want it to be a year of big trust. So what we're going to talk about today in in our message is what would it look like. What does big trust look like? What is big trust? I want to show you, I want to read you a, a, a verse in Psalm chapter 40. It's not on the screen. It is in your uh, table talk notes, which is kind of designed for you to during the week, kind of look up some stuff that connects with what we're saying today. But Psalm chapter 40, verse 4 says, Blessed is the man, blessed is the one, blessed is the person who makes the Lord their trust. Blessed is the person who makes the Lord their trust. Blessed will we be as people, as a church, as families. Blessed will we be if we make the Lord our big trust right now, starting now, going into next year and moving forward. Big trust. What would big trust look like? We're just going to throw out a handful of words that would help define or help Paint the picture of what big trust would be. And the first word is surrender. Say that word with me. Surrender. Surrender. Big trust means surrender. Now that's obviously, the word surrender is a, has military connotations to it. That you're in a struggle, you're in a fight, you're in a conflict. And you decide as a person or as a group of people that you're going to stop fighting. And you're going to... Surrender. Now, when you think about that in terms of our life of faith, surrender becomes not a negative term. It's still not an easy word. It's a super challenging concept. But surrender becomes a critical, a, a positive word and a critical part of our faith journey. Surrender. There's a verse in the New Testament of Scripture in the book of 1 Peter. It will be on your screen. And it says... Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. I love this verse of Scripture. This is a very encouraging, isn't that cool, isn't that encouraging to hear those words? That God cares about us, so we're encouraged to give our cares and the stuff that we're worrying about to Him. I mean, that's, that's just the coolest thing. That is totally something that you would go to Hobby Lobby and buy, uh, if it's written on, in, on a piece of rustic wood and hang it in your house, right? That's good stuff. But do you know there's a little bit more behind that than just this cutesy concept, oh, God loves us so we don't have to worry about things. I've heard this verse all my life and I've thought, oh, thank you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray about all the stuff I'm worrying about. And so what's going to happen is God is going to fix all of it. And he is going to make all of it work out exactly the way I hope and want it to. Guess what? That's not really what this verse is about. You know what this verse is about? It's about surrender. It's about this concept of surrender. About letting go of things in our minds and in our hearts. And our attitudes and actions as well. But letting go of things in trusting God. To, uh, it says... Give all your worries and cares to God. There's a, when you kind of do a word study, it, a behind what, what all that is in the original language, it really is saying that you need to take these things that are stressing you and freaking you out. And as if you were, if there were a, a, a heavy load that you were trying to, carry in a maybe a wheelbarrow or maybe as a huge, you could picture it as a huge stone on the ground. And literally rolling that stuff in God's direction. The letting go and the surrendering means taking our hands off the control switch and yielding it to God and believing that because He cares for us, he knows best for us. Big trust is surrender. Big trust is surrender. I will tell you as a parent, now I don't know how many of you guys have been down this journey, but as a, my, my, my kids are adults, right? And so I have not, been, I have not transitioned well into my, peop, my, my children being adults because I look at them and they're the, obviously these wonderful, cool people, grown men and grown women, but when I see them, I still see them this tall. Can anybody relate? Am I strange? Well, no, of course I am, but no, in, in that regard, am I strange about this? Can you relate? I still, and, and I haven't transitioned very well. And so in my parenting and in my conversation and my relationship with my kids, especially in hard conversations, I still find myself trying to grab the parental controller and say, I know best because I'm awesome sometimes. And I, I, w- I want to tell you the coolest conversations that I've ever had with my kids as they've gotten older is the conversations where I let go of the wheel and stopped trying to drive everything and I surrendered. I remember just just a few nights ago, I was uh, scrolling on Facebook as I'm prone to do. Facebook because I'm old and not hip enough for the Twitter or you know. So I'm on Facebook. I'm scrolling. I come across these ridiculous videos that are of no value. They're they're of other people doing exciting things. Isn't that cool? Isn't that wonderful to do? You get to watch other people do exciting things so that you don't ever have to do them yourself. And so it was bungee jumping. They're showing the bungee jump, right? Obviously this super adventurous person is on the world's tallest bungee jump platform. And she's on the platform and she's all strapped in. And even she as this super experienced adventurer person is hesitating and freaking out about stepping off the platform. And she finally does. And as she does it, and it's not even one of those GoPro things where it makes you feel like you're doing it. I'm just watching her do it. I, I'm freaking out the whole time watching the video. I'm like, ah! I mean, she steps back. I step back. It's, it's really weird. But when she steps off that platform, and I, it did something to me. Maybe it was because I was thinking about this idea of surrender. And I find... Myself. Here's how I want my surrender to go. Anybody see Indiana Jones and the uh, the Holy Grail? Last Crusade. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. The th- the third one. The last. One, the last good one. And he, he was at, to, towards the end, and he's on a cliff, right? And he says he has to a step of faith. And he, he steps out, and it looks like he's stepping into. He's going to fall, right? But when he steps, what happens? There's a bridge there that you didn't see. Isn't that cool? I love that. I love it in my faith journey when those kind of moments happen. When I step out and I say, oh God, I don't know what's going to happen. And boom, suddenly there's something firm there and it holds me up. So cool. Do you know that doesn't always happen in a life of faith? You know what? I don't like the sensation of falling? I'm telling you. There are times where a step of faith does not result in a magical bridge appearing out of nowhere. Do you know what a step of faith sometimes leads us to? The sensation that we are plunging to our deaths. (laughs) That this is it. This is how it ends. We feel like we're falling. When the girl stepped off the bungee jump platform, I thought she was falling. I felt like I was falling. And then I realized, wait a second. She was harnessed in to this thing that allowed her to experience this adventure but kept her safe from ultimate peril. What if when we feel like we're falling and plunging, What if we're not falling because because our trust is in the Lord? Because our faith is in our relationship with God that was secured for us. Not by our own good works, but because of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. What What if the trust that we have in the Lord is so strong? That when it feels like we're falling, maybe we're not falling, maybe we're flying. Maybe we're experiencing exactly what God needs us to experience and what he wants us to experience. What if when it feels like everything is falling apart, what if it's not? What if when we start to feel like we're falling, what if that's when the real magic happens? That maybe, maybe that's when the real growth happens. That maybe that's when our relationship with God really goes to a whole other place. That's what surrender is like. Surrender is like taking the step and not knowing whether we're going to find a bridge miraculously there or whether we're going to about to go on the ride of our lives. That's what surrender is. But that's what big trust looks like. Big trust. Are you guys still into the idea of big trust or did I scare you away? Okay? Do I need to say it again? Big trust! Because you've laughed every time I said that. It's a big deal. It's, it, it, it's a decision that we have to make. And why not, right here at the beginning, near the beginning of a new year, why not let's make that decision? There's another thing that is part of big trust. And actually, um, I made a mistake, and it's not in your your fill-in-the-blank thing, so you'll need to write that in. And uh, it's the word uh, curiosity. Curiosity. Big trust um, looks like people who get curious. You and I, when you and I get curious when we start asking questions. There's a cool verse in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Let's take a look at that now. The psalmist says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. I have found... And I. in in my life that some of the most important things that God's done in my life, some of the most critical changes that have come about, like the most needed stuff, the stuff that most needs to change uh, those kind of things happen on the heels of me asking hard questions to God, asking God hard questions asking myself hard questions. This is a hard question to ask God to search me and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. I mean, like investigate. See if there are things in me that are destructive. That are coming between, that are hindering our relation, my relationship with God. And then lead me in the right path. Asking the questions best question you can ask and there are a ton of good spiritual questions that we could ask of ourselves and of God but I'm going to give you one and I'm going to ask you to write this down because it's it's a big deal question this is the question we need to start asking God on a regular basis are you ready? 2020 ask God this question tons of time you ready? here's the question why? Why question mark? Write that down. I think we need to ask God why a lot in 2020. Time for a disclaimer. You might think I'm saying, ask God why is all this happening to me? Why, are the, bad, why the bad stuff? Why me? By the way, God's not afraid of you asking that question. So go for it. It's fine. It doesn't mean you're a horrible person. It doesn't mean you're an idiot if you ask God, why me? It really doesn't. There's nothing in the Bible that says, never ask God, why me? In fact, there's a character in the Bible named King David who asked God, why me, tons of times. And he was called a man after God's own heart, so it's cool. But what I'm suggesting that we ask God is a different kind of why. Ask God the question, why As it relates to yourself and your heart and your inner life and the way your mind works and the way your feelings work and the way your confusion works. Where, where, down in the deeper places of your life where the real you lives, that maybe you don't talk to people about that much. Ask God why about that stuff. It sounds like this, God why is this bothering me so much? Why am I so bent out of shape about that thing that happened in that relationship or that event or thing that happened at work or that thing that didn't happen for me? Why is that bothering me so much? Ask the question, why can I not break this habit? You fill in the blank. Whatever that how that might relate to your life. Ask God, why? Why am I having such a hard time with this? And a really tough why question that we should ask is, because, you know, in that verse it said, search me and, it, and show me if there's anything in my life that's destructive. Anything in my life that offends God. God. And if you find something in your life that you know is not healthy, that you know is destructive, that you're just, you, you just convinced that this, it shouldn't be this way, but it is, ask God the question, why is that thing so important to me? Why do I need that thing in my life that is not helping me and is probably hurting me and hurting others? Why do I need that? If we ask those questions, we're going, to go, we're going to go pretty far down the rabbit hole. But when we go down there, and it might even lead us to some unpleasant thoughts and conversations with us, between us and God. It might lead us to places where we know, wow, this, this pain or this problem might be deeper than I thought it was. I might need a little more help than I thought I needed. But if we're curious and we ask that question... It will take us down to the core of us. And and those kind of issues don't get solved quick. And sometimes they don't ever get 100% resolved. We're going to find, if you're willing to ask God that gutsy question, the why question, we'll find the broken parts of our life. And we'll see how they're affecting us. But if we ask that question in our prayer, faith, life with God, and in the context of other people that can help us, we'll find that the monster under the bed that's been there all along doesn't have near the power we thought it did. And we have a chance to overcome it. Curiosity is is part of Big Trust. To ask the questions... And ask the hard questions and the why questions and let God show us the harder parts of our life and the harder parts of our stuff where the the answers aren't easy. And hope might be hard to find and it might be stuff that we've been trying to avoid forever. But what if we let God... I promise you, if you ask God those questions, you'll find yourself thinking about hard things. But you'll have God right at your side. You will not be in that dark cave by yourself. And God will begin to show you hope. Curiosity is part of big trust. You know what else is part of big trust? Confidence. Confidence. But I'm telling you folk, the confidence that we need to walk boldly in faith into 2020. Will not. Co- there's no shortcut. You can't skip surrender and curiosity and go straight to confidence. I wish you could. Can't. Won't happen. Confidence is how big trust looks. So let's look at this. There's another verse I want to show you guys. It's in Isaiah chapter 35, verse 4, and it says, "Say to those who are f- with fearful hearts, Be strong and do not fear, for your God is coming to destroy your enemies." He is coming to save. There's a sequence. Surrender and then being willing to have really tough Q&A questions with God and yourself. And what comes out of that is a confidence to say, God is coming and he's going to save me. He is going to save me from all this stuff that I've tried to avoid all my life. That I was convinced that if I open that closet door, it'll crush me. So I'd rather not go in there. If we're willing to do that, confidence will come. Because all the enemies, all the things that are trying to destroy us, God will rescue us. And He will defeat those enemies. That's the promise of Scripture. It's a promise of Scripture. But our confidence is not in ourselves Our confidence is not in time healing all wounds. Our confidence is not in maybe next year will be better than last year. Our confidence is if God can be with me when I step off the ledge, if God can be with me in the dark cave of the hard Q&A sessions, He can do anything. And there's where my confidence lies. Big trust. That's where it comes from, and that's where it will take us, confidence. And all of this will bring us to worship. All of that brings us to worship. The response to all of it is worship. Wouldn't it be cool if, if 12 months from now, we were looking back on 2020, and you were able to say in your life, in your family's life, maybe even in our life as a church if somebody said give me some words to describe 2020 wouldn't it be cool if one of the words that popped into your head was worship what if 2020 was a year packed full of electric powerful game changing day changing, atmosphere changing worship would you sign up for that if you could get that for 2020 man put me at the front of the line for that I'd be all over it I'm about that like Mark Ingram said I want to be about that in this sequence of surrender and curiosity and the confidence that only comes from knowing that comes from knowing only God can save me there's only one response and it's worship and it's to say my God can do anything. And look what he's done. Check out this verse I want to read to you in Psalm chapter 30, verse 11 and 12. It says, You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing, and you have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed, clothed me with joy, that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. O oh Lord my God, I will give you thanks forever. There's one uh, one version of, translation of, of this passage and it says you have turned what was instead of saying mourning, it says you have turned my wild lamenting lamenting I mean when you and that's talking about when you're just like totally I mean when you're so deeply grieving about something that's gone wrong or something that's broken or something or someone who is lost the deep grieving that only comes with that kind of brokenness it's, this verse is saying that you can take that kind of wild, deep lamenting and turn it into whirling and twirling dance. Twirling dance. How many of you have daughters? All right. Sometimes when our daughters are younger and they're wearing a nice dress, if they're into frou fru and dresses and stuff, sometimes our daughters... Like my granddaughter, Blakely, last night she was wearing this really cool dress. And she can't stand still in this dress. She has to twirl. You know what I'm saying? You got to twirl. So the, you know, so the dress does this. Twirling dance. How do you go from deep lamenting, wildly deep lamenting, to twirling dance? Nothing makes, nothing, that's impossible. How can that even be, because... You can't just forget the pain of what you're grieving over. And I don't think that's even what this is about. I think in this sequence of trust that we're talking about, I think what it leads us to is saying, the worst, darkest stuff in my life, don't none of that stuff changes the fact that God is with me. He has not left me. He has sustained me. He has gotten me through the worst, the hardest, the weirdest stuff. And all my heart can do in response to that is worship Him. And some part of us is like twirling around and dancing, saying, how is it even possible that I'm still here after everything I've had to carry or everything I've had to go through? This is what God can do. This is the miracle that can come with truly trusting in God and making the Lord our trust. I want to share with you an interesting story. Um, I had a, I've got a very dear friend of mine, uh, buddy of mine. I was actually talking to him on the phone. I FaceTimed with him this morning. He's a friend of mine, and he lives up in New York State, and he's a pastor of a little small church up there and he and i he's like one of my best friends when i lived up there he was totally my best friend all right which isn't that it's kind of weird you know you don't hear guy you don't hear guys talking about best friends adult men that's my best friend you know it it sounds kind of but you know what that's actually sad because men need best friends more on that in 2020 trailblazers We're going there for sure, but um, we were best friends, and um, we have remained friends over the years since I moved back south, back in 2010, but um, for a solid decade, we were like riding shotgun in each other's lives as as best friends too, and so, um, but he lost, his wife passed away at the age of 59 from her bout with cancer just in the last, a month, a few weeks ago. And um, so I've been in touch with him a lot. And they, you know, it was so hard to be, to walk with, you know how it is when you're walking with a friend or a loved one through that kind of loss. And um, he told me that on the day that she passed, her, all their children, and they have seven, kids and a grandchild and a couple of son-in-law and daughter-in-law and all this so I'm sorry daughter-in-law and so when she passed they they knew what she wanted to do in the room when everybody was there she wanted to worship she wanted there to be worship in the room when when she left this world and went to, it's into the presence of the Lord that's what she wanted and so that's what they did. And they, and they worshiped. And they sang this song as she was passing. They were singing the song, Give Me Jesus. You guys ever heard that song? It's really cool. Look it up. Um, so I reached out to Jay multiple times since, since Chris, Christine passed. And uh, I, I called him this morning or I him this morning because I knew today was his first Sunday morning to be back in, 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 on the platform preaching since Christine passed. And I, I wanted to see if he was okay. And so I did that, and I, I, I just, I, I, I found myself doing what he had done for me many times during our friendship. He wouldn't say, how's it going? He would say, how are you doing? You need to get people in your life who don't want to just exchange information and facts and details about your life. You need people in your life who want to know how you're doing. And so I asked Jay how he was doing, and he told me, he said, it's it's a bad morning, and I don't know how I'm going to get through it, and I guess right now he's, he's doing it. But it reminded me that even in tragedy, there can be hope. Because what happened was, I don't have time to go through my entire story, but Jay and I were, were, were best friends. And then when my life fell apart in May of 2009, um, Jay was one of the people that I hurt and disappointed because all the secrets that I've been carrying for so long came out and everything just fell apart. So I, I shared this with some of my friends in the last few weeks here in town and, and talked with Rhonda, that I realized that in the drama and weirdness of my life changing, when my recovery began and in 2009, and my healing really started, I shut Jay and Christine out. And so all this time, we've been Facebook friends, and we've been saying, hey, you know, we've been liking each other's photos, and maybe commenting Merry Christmas or Happy Birthday. But all this time, the, f- the friendship was not there the way it had been. I, this is just weird. I had not even planned on sharing this whole thing, but I just wanted to tell you that God can restore anything. You may have a relationship in your life that has gone off the rails or has faded Maybe it was a slow fade. Maybe it was an abrupt thing. I don't know. But you may have relationships and connections in your life that have been lost. Time that has been lost that can never be won back. And, and, but I reached out to Jay and I said, Jay, I'm grieving Christine's passing, but I'm also grieving the time we lost in our relationship. And he and I talked and we've decided to start again. I just share that because you never know. You never know if you trust God. It was hard. It was, a step, it was a leap for me to even reach out to him. I mean, his wife just passed. I'm going to talk to him about how I feel bad about our friendship. I, I thought that was weird. But I just had to take that step, and it ended up being super powerful and extremely meaningful for both of us and for our children and for everybody. I'm just saying, never say never. You never know what God can do through tragedy, through loss, but most importantly through trust. If we trust God, He could do anything. Um, the last word I was going to throw out, and we're going to wrap this message up because it's almost time here. Um, the last word that helps describe what big trust looks like is movement. Movement movement I'm going to read you a quick verse uh, from the book of John It's, it's something Jesus said to his disciples after he was crucified buried and came back to life so he comes back to life he's this resurrected miracle messiah and they pretty much all of them they get it now because he's back to life it's the best news ever it's the most world changing news ever Nothing's ever going to be the same. And in a conversation that he has to them, with them, after he's shown up and appeared, he's talking to them about all this important stuff, and he makes this statement in John chapter 20, verse 21, and he says, he says, peace be with you, and he says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. The reason I want to bring this up is just so we are really clear and we really understand that all the amazing things that God can do in our lives when we choose big trust when we choose to trust him all these things you know they're not just for us to say oh yeah isn't this great what what God has done isn't it miraculous what God has done the disciples had been through the most freak out moments of their entire lives when Jesus was crucified they thought they might be in trouble with the law they might be put to death themselves not to mention all the hope and the teachings and none of it made sense to them anymore. And they're, I mean imagine, they're, Jesus is risen. They're like, dude, we're so glad we didn't bail on Jesus. We're here. We're here. We're, man, we hitched Star wagon to the right star. How you like me now? I'm in the room with the resurrected. There's holes in his hands and his feet. It's like, Woo! We got it made. Isn't this great? Hashtag blessed. (laughs) And he's like, guys, just so you know, this is not so we can have a party and just have a good time and enjoy all the goodness. The Father sent me, and in the exact same way that the Father sent me to you to do all of this, the exact same way I'm sending you. All of this happens. All of this trust and the miracles that can happen when we surrender and leap and ask the hard questions and start growing in confidence and live a life of worship. All of this happens so that we can move, so that we can do something. It's a response of, of all this cool stuff. I just hit the mic. That's not good. The energy that comes from it is intended to go outward from us not just to be collected in our hearts or in our house with our kids and our peeps it's intended to flow out it's all intended for movement Psalm 107 i will throw that up on the screen is that right? yeah verses 1 and 2 it says give thanks to the Lord for he is good his faithful love endures forever amen to that let's go to the next slide has the Lord redeemed you then speak out tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies has the Lord helped us have we been helped by the Lord then say something do something give something this is what this is the whole point is so that we could take our God's story and somehow present it to the people around us and somehow serve and help other people this is what it's all for big trust looks like us moving and it's, it's moving with the energy of God that's come from us just saying, He is all of that. He's the one. He did it. My life is broken. There's stuff that's not fixed yet. Most of the time, I feel like a hot mess. But He's been good to me. He, took me, he got me through 2019. And He's got a plan and a purpose 2020. Big trust, y'all. Come on. Big trust. It moves us. It moves us. It saves us. It rescues us. It empowers us. But it moves us. How are we going to move in 2020? Is it going to be just the same as 19? Hey, guys, we need to be thinking about this. We need to write stuff down on the blank lines in your note sheet. Or in a journal or on a chalkboard thing that you also got from Hobby Lobby that hangs in your kitchen. I don't know. Go somewhere and write down, this is what I'd like to see movement look like. This is how, this is what, I want big trust in my life in 2020 to, to take me somewhere. You guys mind standing with me? It's about time for us to close our, our service and just a few minutes but I want to pray with you and then after I'm done with that we'll turn it back over to Ed and we'll wrap this thing our last worship gathering of 2019 our last worship gathering as a church of the decade Woo, kind of freaks you out doesn't it good, good stuff's ahead good things are ahead why? because we're all that Because we got it together? Because everything's going to get fixed? No, I don't know about, I don't know the answer to any of that. The reason good things are ahead is because of who we trust. Big trust. Big trust for 2020. Maybe today you're here and we're talking about trusting God. We're talking about all the stuff God can do. We're talking about Christ how he sacrificed himself on the cross how he came back to life and said those bodacious things to his disciples talking about all of that and you're sitting here standing here and saying "I, you know what I don't even know if I'm in on all of that I don't even know where that or how that fits in my world in my life in my journey my story maybe to, maybe you haven't Maybe you haven't made a faith step in your life where you ask, where you asked Christ himself to become the Lord, the leader, to become your Savior, the forgiver. Maybe that's not happened for you before. What better day, what better time than right now to say, I want in. I want in on trusting that God for this life. If that's you, as we all bow our heads, if you don't mind. As we bow our heads, if that's you, I want to invite you to join me and all of us on this journey. I want to invite you to pray and ask God to forgive your sins and for Christ to become your leader and your forgiver. If that's something you're interested in doing then pray this simple prayer after me. You can say it in your heart or you can speak it out loud. But offer this prayer to God. Say, Father in heaven, I know I need forgiveness. I need a change. I need new life. I ask Jesus to come into me my heart, to become my Lord, to become my leader, to become my forgiver. In Jesus' name, amen. If that's a prayer that you prayed, you just stepped into a life of faith that is going to blow your mind. And I'm happy you did it. And I'm proud of you. And I'm excited for you. Because now you can go, big trust! Whoop, whoop! If you don't believe God can be trusted, I ask you to take a chance this year. Take a step like some people just took as they prayed. Come see me. Come see us. We'd love to talk with you about it. Let's trust God big together this year. Amen? Amen.